Welcome into another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. I'm your host, D.P. Sidhu. It's week seven. The Texans are hosting the Green Bay Packers, hoping to get a win before they head into the bye week. Packers coming off of their first loss of the season. So Aaron Rodgers and company head to town to face Deshaun Watson for the first time in his career. The two didn't really play each other before because the last time the Texans and the Packers faced off, it was preseason. So... Uh, An exciting matchup for Sunday, an exciting podcast, as we always have. I sat down with Tyrell Adams, number 50. He's the inside linebacker. That's starting in place of Bernardrick McKinney, who went on injured reserve. Tyrell's got a great story. He was here on practice squad. He's been with a number of teams around the NFL. He's even played against the Texans. And here he is, starting for the Texans, leading the team in tackles, back-to-back weeks. He's had a sack. He's had a fumble recovery. He's making plays out there. And his road to the NFL has not been an easy one. He's a he's a, a, a guy that's got a great sense of humor. He's full of energy in life. So I got to know him a little bit better. He tells a really funny story about how he almost gave up on football for good, but yet how he came back to the sport. And that's super entertaining. I was very entertained by it, to say the least. And, of course, we always go behind enemy sidelines. I catch up with Wes Hodkowitz. He's a team reporter for the Green Bay Packers. We want to know all about that Packers loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What went wrong? What can the Packers learn from it? And how does Aaron Rodgers look in year two with Matt LaFleur? We saw them last year up in Green Bay, but this team has been through some changes and uh, even some free agent signings that didn't pan out the way they wanted. So what can the Texans expect on Sunday? We'll get into all that. But first, this podcast is brought to you by Xfinity. XFi, it gives you the speed, coverage, control, and security you need for the ultimate in-home Wi-Fi experience. Score with internet that's more than just fast. Xfinity, proud partner of the Houston Texans, proud partner of the Deep Slant Podcast. So let's get right into it. Let's meet Tyrell Adams of the Houston Texans and find out what it's taken to get him to this point in his career. Tyrell, I'm sure it's been a crazy, it's been a crazy season, but what have the last few weeks in particular been like for you um they've been uh they've been up and down again you know we uh, won and we lost lost a real close one it's been up and down a lot of emotions into it but um it's been fun kind of the journey kind of just uh trying to um prove myself out there on the field to the guys to the coaches be a good teammate to those guys around me just kind of keeping the spirits up and everything but it's been it's been it's been cool it's been a lot of emotions for sure but it's been cool all right well a lot of people outside of the organization were surprised at what you were able to do. Your teammates not. They've seen you around the building. They know what you've done at practice. But in your first two starts this season, you're already tied for first in the AFC and fourth in the NFL with 20 total tackles. So you kind of came out the gate hot. The first start at Jacksonville, you had the fumble recovery. You know, you led the team with tackles. What sort of set you up for success just sort of stepping in? I know Bernardrick McKinney's shoes are big ones to fill for you, but you know, what do you attribute the fact that it was a pretty easy transition for you? I think definitely just the guys around me, those guys in that room. Yeah, Bill and Cole, Zach Cunningham, Bernard McKinney, all those guys. It's just high effort, high energy. It's like high play type of guys is always trying to contribute. So just trying to keep up with those guys kind of influences me and encourages me to kind of be better no matter what I'm doing. When I'm thrown in there, those guys kind of, they give me uh, give me advice. They just give me uh, support as I go in there and then trying, trying to keep them keep them excited about me and keep them encouraged. So keep their hopes alive with me. They kind of, like I said, like I said, they give me encouragement. So I'm just doing it for those guys that's right up beside me and those guys is counting on me. 
Well, you've been on the practice squad for the Texans. And when you look at your bio of the places you've been, it's like a paragraph of all the teams that you have spent time with over the course of your career. You're in year five, but you've played, let's see, you've been with Seattle, Kansas City, the Raiders, the Bills, the Colts, Texans, 49ers, Texans again. And I'm pretty sure I left out a few like re-signing with the same team again. So a lot of different teams that you've been with, that you've been cut from. What was sort of the momentum for you? Because I imagine that's, it's got to be tough the first, second, third, but after a number of times, did you ever sort of lose hope or what, what kept you going that, you know, you wanted to establish yourself in the NFL? I think, I think the biggest thing is it definitely can be like emotionally um, stressing for sure, but just having my family around me, my big brother, he's a big, he's a big influence in my life. He always kind of reminds me just I'm built for this kind of just, and I just look back on my life even before NFL kind of the things I went through in my career in football in college and in high school, just I've always kind of been, bouncing back and forth trying to establish myself and just kind of just waving those those obstacles obstacles and um those challenges and every time i look back on those those things i kind of remind myself that you can do this overcome anything that's kind of thrown your way so it's just constant support from my family again and just uh always remind myself you can do it again it's a blessing to kind of be in this position and i'm blessed to be where i'm at i wouldn't change the journey for nothing for sure but again my family just always in my corner uh encouraging me reminded me of just like the things I can accomplish and reminding me of the things I've accomplished so far. So that kind of keeps me encouraged to keep working and just keep striving and just let the chips fall as they may and taking the best of, uh, taking advantage of the best of my opportunities. So. Well, you went to West Georgia and you majored in accounting. Yeah. Did you ever think, you know what? I might have to, if the football thing doesn't work out, I might have to go back and be an accountant or something. No, the Did you ever think what was going to happen if football didn't work out for you? I was in an interview at Northwestern Mutual <laughs> for a salesman job when I got the call from like one of the um, scouts, one of the NFL scout about, they wanted to come see me work out for a few teams. And literally as I'm walking out of the interview, cause I got the job for the, the rep job. And then as I'm walking out of, interview, out of the interview, I get a call from a random number and they're like, Hey, we want you to come perform for these couple of teams, blah, blah. And I'm literally like, Oh my God, I might got a chance. So and they kind of was just, just kind of just rolled from there. So. I love that. So you had a job offer in hand yes. as a sales rep for Northwestern Mutual. Yep. And you get a call on the other hand that NFL teams are calling you to try out. Exactly. So how happy would you have been if like you never got the NFL call, but you had taken the job? What, do you think you would have looked back and thought, <laughs> I wish it would have gone through? Would you have not looked back? You seem like such a happy-go-lucky guy. I feel like it, maybe you would have been it's like- It's crazy because I love football so much. So literally in that interview- I'm like kind of like watching like because I'm inside the office. I'm watching all the people around, kind of like what they're doing. I'm seeing all these cubicles, and I'm literally slowly and steadily like accepting like, oh my gosh, it's over with. The fun life is over with. Just the uplift because I'm a I'm a people's person. I like to be in like live environments. I'm just like that's just me. I'm a social butterfly. So it was just it wasn't socially. The sales <laughs> so, job wasn't going to be social enough for you. What were you going to do? Exactly. So I was. I was literally there and I was going through my head, like, I guess it's all over. And then I get that call and literally. And that was the begin. That was the end of the sales career for now. Exactly. exactly. Um, yeah. Maybe way, 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 way later in the future. All right. So you've had all these journeys with different teams. You actually played against the Texans before, because of course, when you play for that many teams, it's only a matter of time before yeah. 
you see a team that you're going to end up with. What do you remember? You, I, I want to say it was uh, 2016, the, the, the playoff game, right? Yeah, I remember. Um, I just remember coming here. It was my first playoff game. Again, it was my first year I actually got active to play. So it was uh, my first playoff game playing. And I was with the Raiders. We lost. But Derek Carr was out for the season that exactly, year. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And then we just got beat. I went back home. And literally a year later, I was here in Houston. <laughs> You you were you've been here a couple of times. Um, yeah. You've been here, and then you know you blocked a punt uh, in 2018. You got cut, but the Texans brought you back again last year. You were on the practice practice squad, right? And then yep. Yep. in um, you, you started the last two games of the year. Bernard McKinney was out. You had a forced fumble in that game against Tampa Bay. So what's it like when you make a big play in a game? Do you feel like okay, this is the thing that's going to help me latch onto a team because you've had big plays in the past. And, you know, for whatever reason, teams have had to part ways with you. But how do you remain hopeful that what you're doing on the field is enough to help you stay with that team? Uh, I, I, I've kind of been around it a while now. Again, going into my fifth year, I've been around a lot a while now to kind of understand the business side of it. So I kind of try not to let that um, beat me too much. I kind of stay true to once I make those plays, encouraging myself. So again, just reminding myself, you can do this, you can do this. And those just subtle reminders that you're where you're supposed to be at. So just keep working and keep chopping at the wood and eventually the tree will come down, but you got to stay persistent. So that's kind of like the thing for me is just staying persistent at it. Well, I talked to Whitney Merciless uh, recently and he said that they were also happy for you, the linebackers group. And I know that they joke around with you a lot. B-Scar TV, you, you've been on a couple yeah. of times, your name seems to come up. And I thought this guy, they're always talking about him. And I've heard from several players, you're probably one of the funniest players on the team. So tell me about uh, what, you know, maybe what fans don't really know about you, what you're like, maybe off. All right, what about me? Oh, it's so much. I There's love so much to tell. Okay. I love ahead. movies. I love cartoons. I'm very, I love cartoons. SpongeBob and, and uh, the amazing world of gumball, probably like my favorite two cartoon <laughs> shows right, right now. Uh, but I just like being down to earth, being goofy. I like to keep my youth about myself. I have a daughter. So we're always goofing around, yeah. making jokes. Like I just, I just really pride myself of just being down to earth and not being too uptight about things because life is stressful enough in itself. So I try to make the most and the fun of it of anything I'm I'm involved in. You seem like a fun dad because you you do have a very lighthearted. Yeah, yeah. Well. So, but the thing about being a fun dad is it's you hard gotta, to take you serious. That's true. I was gonna say, <laughs> how do you do that? Exactly. So it's like a it's my Achilles heel, Achilles heel <laughs> in, in a parent. So. You're like, I haven't quite figured out how to be the strict dad, but I definitely exactly. am the fun dad. Exactly. All right. So your practice, your preparation, your camaraderie with the teammates, how much has that helped you this year in having to step up and take BMAX place? Because being on the practice squad, I imagine you guys get a lot of work in yeah. um, at, at scout team. Obviously, you've helped out on special teams uh, all this time, too. But how much has just being on the practice squad really prepared you for this moment? I just think just being around the guys for so long, we kind of built this um, in the culture here, just like hardworking guys, uh, lunch pill and hard hat type of guys around here. So being around those guys, again, like Dylan Cole, the guys up front, Dunny, Carlos, those, those being around those guys, just seeing how they carry themselves. And they, they're, they're very down to earth guys, goofy as well, but they also make sure they handle their business, like taking care of their business on the field. So being around those guys is kind of like cultivating me to kind of be that same way a part of being just goofy, just make sure you have any videos on the field so they can, can trust me when I'm out there and, and um, be be confident in who, who they have behind them or, or the safeties who they have in front of them. So Definitely taking notice, Tyrell Adams, number 50 out on the field. 
um, making a name for himself this year in 2020. Tyrell, best of luck for the rest of the season. And you know what? I'm really glad that you did not take that job at Northwestern. <laughs> oh, definitely. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Thanks, Tyrell. Right, no problem. And I'm not kidding when I say that Tyrell is just a laughing, joking, full of energy, fun guy. I, I hope you got to see a little bit of that in his interview. Of course, you can watch the video portion of it on Houston Texans. Dot com And uh, let's switch gears. Let's talk to the guy who knows a little bit about the opponent that Tyrell and the Texans will be facing on Sunday. He's a team reporter for the Green Bay Packers. And uh, I had a chance to catch up with Wes Hotkowitz and talk to him about what this 2020 Green Bay Packers team is all about. Always a pleasure speaking with you, Wes. How's it going up in Green Bay? I know it's not the week that y'all expected coming in undefeated, but first loss of the season. What's the mood like in Green Bay? Yeah, DP, I think the big thing right now is these guys trying to balance a really strong start. Offensively, we're off to such a huge um, season. I mean, we're talking historic type proportions, which a lot of teams in the NFL are right now. And then balancing that with the setback against a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where other than that first quarter, nothing really seemed to go right for Green Bay. So the big message that Matt LaFleur has been preaching to the locker room this week is that while it was disappointing and you have to learn from this and you got to figure out what went wrong in those last three quarters, you also need to make sure that you do what's right this week to not let it go against you this Sunday against a, a Houston Texans team. And you know this better than anybody. It's a lot better than what their record says, considering the opponents that they face. Green Bay's taking nothing for granted. They know this is going to be a challenge. So Aaron Rodgers, he threw his first pick six. I mean, he, that's something he rarely does against Tampa Bay. And it seemed like things sort of downward spiraled uh, from there, how does a guy like Aaron Rodgers bounce back after something like that? And what was he saying after the game? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. He's 15 years, uh, 12, 13 seasons now as a starter. That was his third pick six of his career. Just so happens that was the second one, though, against Tampa Bay. It happened to him back in 2009 as well. But back-to-back -back series, he had not thrown an INT this season until that game. And obviously everything sort of rolled against them. But historically, if you look at Rodgers, I mean, when he's had a down performance, he's typically bounced back in a big way the next week. Even Green Bay underneath Matt LaFleur last season, uh, other than obviously the NFC Championship game loss, they came back the next week after a loss and had a victory. So I, I, Rodgers, I think the, the major message that he was trying to send after the game is he looks at it as an anomaly. You know, things did not go their way. They had a couple different things that were working against them offensively and, you know, just weren't able to find their rhythm and really establish any kind of, you know, sustainable offense. They had one three and out through the first four games of the season. They had like six or seven of them against Tampa Bay. So uh, a very good defense and they're, they're trying to learn their lesson. And, and Rodgers is trying to be better now going into this game against the Texans. Well, it's year 16 for Aaron Rodgers and he was off to a very hot start minus the two interceptions in the loss to Tampa Bay, he had 13 touchdowns for the season, 109.7 passer rating, which according to Next Gen Stats, powered by AWS, is the fifth best in the NFL. So what's year two like for him under Matt LaFleur? We were up there in Green Bay for joint practices last year. We're very familiar with Matt LaFleur down here in Houston. He spent some time here with the Texans, but it seemed like it got off to a rocky start, but the two are really meshing together well. So how has that chemistry really developed and, and how are the two working together? Yeah, it's developed in a big way, DP. I mean, this is something where you look at where they were last year when Matt LaFleur was trying to implement his style of offense, his terminology, and meshing it with what Aaron Rodgers did well for so long in Mike McCarthy's system. Uh, that took time to really get it sort of streamlined and making sure that the personnel fit the vision of what LaFleur wanted to do. 
this offseason, they took the virtual offseason program extremely serious. When some teams were trying to figure out, okay, do we even do anything on Zoom? Do we just come back for training camp? LaFleur made it known right away. He wanted to make sure that they did whatever they could to get guys in the classroom, understanding the system and the concepts. And they started off fast in training camp. It was a lot smoother than I expected. And they really shot out of the gate too in that game against Minnesota. So I think you're blending the concepts of what LaFleur does so well, the pre-snap motions, bunch formations, building stuff off the run and setting up big plays downfield with the passing game with a lot of the things that Rodgers does well in his, his ability to sort of decipher what's happening at the line of scrimmage and make those kind of adjustments. It's been a really good marriage so far. They've had to go through a lot of different injuries and personnel offensively, but I think because of how good the scheme has really been tailored to what Rodgers wants to do, uh, they've been able to persevere through it up until, of course, that game against Tampa Bay. Well, Devontae Adams, we all know what he can do up there for Green Bay. He's coming off such a big season in 2019, and it seems like 2020 is headed in the same direction for him. What makes him such a go-to target and so hard to cover for defenses? Just that sixth sense that he has with Rodgers. I mean, he's a guy that developed underneath Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, now with the Texans. And some of those veterans, a very close friend of James Jones, a longtime Packers receiver, he understood what is required of receivers in this offense to not only make plays, but really be able to stay on the same page with Rodgers at all times. And he's developed in that system and he's grown in it. And he's become a three-time Pro Bowl receiver now. But the real big X factor for him, and you can ask anybody at the league level, is just how good his footwork is and his fundamentals. I mean, there is just something about the way that he can beat guys off the line of scrimmage and create separation for himself that is just out of this world. He is a master of the entire route tree. And I think when he's healthy, and now certainly he's been working through a little bit of a hamstring tweak, but when he's healthy, I mean, you're looking at one of the top 10, top five receivers in this league right now, and Rodgers trusts him wholeheartedly. Uh, last week, they were trying to get back on the same page after Adams missed two games, and then obviously the bye week. But, you know, six catches, 60 yards, I think that gave them sort of a building block for, for what they want to try to do now moving forward because he's a huge part of what this offense wants to do. Well, in the offseason, it seemed like the uh, Packers were really relying on free agent Devin Funches to get back there behind uh, Devontae Adams. They didn't draft a wide receiver and a, and a pretty wide receiver heavy draft. So then Funches goes out, opts out of the 2020 season due to covid what does the wide receiver group look like behind Devontae Adams? How challenging was that for the offense to sort of compensate for the loss of a free agent that they thought was going to be a pretty big part of this offense? Yeah, the Devin Funches thing, I think, took a lot of people by surprise. But if you understand, you know, where he's coming from and, and what is exactly how that's affected his family, it made a lot of sense for the, his decision to step away this year, wants to get his career back going in 2021, a guy that the Packers were really excited about. Uh, what they did instead, though, is they looked inside. I mean, this was a decision that was made on the eve of training camp. So it became a lot of Devontae Adams again, but also Alan Lazard, who is a receiver that you probably won't be seeing on Sunday. Uh, he's dealing with a core muscle injury after a game in which he had 146 receiving yards and a touchdown against the New Orleans Saints. So Lazard really grabbed that, that number two role, and he didn't relinquish it in camp. Rodgers, again, another guy that he really trusts. But beyond that, it's come down to really making the most out of the other skill positions. I mean, certainly they still have receivers there that, that he likes and, and that can help this offense. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, the fifth round pick from 2018, is a big over-the-top target and a guy that could threaten that next level of the defense. But it's also fallen on Aaron Jones and, and Jamal Williams to, to be parts of this passing game. Robert Tunyon, the 
third-year tight end, former receiver, uh, that they converted to that tight end spot. He's become the number one target there. And also, we'll have to see whether or not he's actually on the field, but former Houston Texan uh, Tyler Irvin has been a big part of what they do with their pre-snap motions. Kind of a tweener player, you know, can do both the receiver stuff. He's with the receivers in that room, but he's technically also a running back. So they've just had to rely on more pieces because it just hasn't been, you know, those, those one or two, three type veteran players that were always so prominent in Mike McCarthy's offenses. Yeah, Tyler Irvin, certainly a Swiss Army knife. We, we knew what he could do here just to help seemingly an issue for him always. You mentioned the run game. So let's talk about that. Aaron Jones, uh, Jamal Williams, they both out there, you know, adding to the ground game for the Packers. How are they different in their skill sets and, and how do they like to use them? Last year, uh, you know, you saw it so much with how they both grew in Matt LaFleur's system, but they grew in different ways. I mean, these are guys that are best friends off the field. They both came in in the 2017 draft one round after each other, and they share the same agent, Lee Steinberg and Chris Cabot. So they've known each other for four years and just seeing how their relationship has flourished. Uh, it's a one-two combination that you're very rarely going to see in the National Football League. And they're just really totally different running backs. Uh, Aaron Jones is the one that has gotten a lot of acclaim just because of, you know, what he can do and how shifty he is. And there's always a big play that's potentially there for him to make. But Jamal Williams is one of the most well-rounded running backs I've ever covered. And if it wasn't really for Aaron Jones being drafted a year after him in 2017, this is a guy that could have really easily been a bell cow for this offense. He's a power back. He made it a point this year to get leaner. He dropped about 10 pounds. He improved his route running. He had a career high 95 receiving yards uh, before the bye week against Atlanta. So they'll use both of those guys at any given time. When Irvin was missing in this game against Tampa Bay, they were using Aaron Jones in the pre-snap motions. They also drafted second round pick AJ Dillon that they're trying to get involved in the offense more too. So Matt LaFleur comes from that Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan coaching tree. They like getting multiple running backs involved. They like being able to keep Baron Jones healthy and, and really fresh for the fourth quarter. So they're going to rely on a lot of different backs to get them not only through this game against the Texans, but the entire season. And that's why, at least during my time on the beat, this is definitely the deepest that they've been at that position. All right. Well, let's talk about the Packers defense. It's hard to get a gauge on what their identity is on the field. They're sort of in the middle of the pack against the, the pass, against the run. You know, they, they sort of struggle in the takeaway department, much like the Texans. They've only had three for the season, even though Aaron Rodgers has been pretty clean. Uh, the Texans have put up just four on the season, and that only got going the, in the last few weeks. So tell me about this Packers defense. You know, where, where do they struggle? Where are they looking to improve? And what are some of the surprises of them that you've seen so far? Well, really, the biggest surprise is the fact they have struggled to, to take the football away. That was one of the big hallmarks last year. You know, they, were, they had an up-and-down season against the run. Certainly, the NFC title game against San Francisco was sort of the culmination of that. But they had a lot of different playmakers in the secondary and the second level that were able to take the ball away. And then Zadarius Smith really arrived, uh, their big off-season acquisition in 2019, as one of the top young pass rushers in this league. Preston Smith, who was also signed, had 12 sacks as well. So both of those guys together combined for over 25 sacks last year. And it's just been a little bit more of a struggle getting particularly Preston going here during the first five games, only a half of a sack. Zadarius Smith before the bye week was actually the NFC defensive player of the week. Second time he's earned that honor during his career, a guy that they'll move around everywhere. He plays sort of a Rover position at times in Mike Pettin's defense. I mean, he's the guy that as this defense goes, he goes. And, and that's really, you know, last week, not being able to get a sack of Tom Brady, 
that was sort of the, the beginning of the end there, just not being able to get enough pressure on him. When the pressure is going and they get offenses into third and long situations, uh, that's where this, this unit is really at its best. So they've had to work through some injuries. Kenny Clark, who they re-signed before the season, a big, big part of this defense, plays over 80% of the snaps the last two years. Their nose tackle uh, went to the Pro Bowl a year ago. He missed basically all but the first 15 snaps of the season due to a groin issue. He came back this past week, still trying to get back into his own rhythm. Um, and then lastly, just to touch on it, you know, Jair Alexander, uh, who was their first round pick, the first draft pick that general manager Brian Gutekunst made in his position in 2018. Uh, he's quickly climbing the charts as one of the top young corners in this league. So they definitely have playmakers. It's just been a matter of trying to make sure that they can you know, take the football away and at certain points and in important intervals of the game really come up with that big play that they've been missing. Well, Randall Cobb will face Aaron Rodgers for the first time as a Houston Texan. I know that you've covered the Packers for a number of years. So tell me a little bit about Randall Cobb. We've seen obviously what he can do in this, as a slot receiver for the Texans, but what really impressed you about Cobb in the years that you were able to cover him? His steadiness, and, and he's a guy that he's never going to get too high or too low about anything. Um, and and, and I, I got a chance to cover him in 2014, uh, the year that he had the 1,200-yard season. And you talk about trust, as I mentioned, with Rodgers and his receivers. I mean, when Jordy Nelson and Cobb were both in their, you know, their prime and that, that season together, I mean, it was just poetry in motion watching those two guys play off of each other. Uh, he's battled some injuries, but I mean – go back to the end of the, the 18 season. And, and that was when his contract was coming up. I'll never forget it. December 30th, 2018, uh, Rogers, there's this great photo of him and Cobb with their arms locked and, and both of those guys crying because of just what they meant to each other and kind of understanding that that was going to be his last chapter in green Bay, uh, obviously came back and had a really healthy, successful year with Dallas re was re rewarded uh, with the contract with the Texans. So uh, he does a little bit of everything, but as you said, I mean, underneath uh, as tough as, as receivers come and and being able to you know kind of get him going was always so huge for this offense when Randall Cobb was uh was healthy and right I mean there were some incredible memories that he created in Green Bay all right well looking forward to the matchup on Sunday Wes as always Green Bay Packers at the Houston Texans Sunday noon kickoff right here in Houston thanks so much for the time Wes and we'll talk soon all right thanks DP all right so let's do it Sunday at noon Central time, the Green Bay Packers at the Houston Texans. One final game before the Texans head into their week eight bye. Can they do it with a win under interim head coach Romeo Cornell? He says, you know what? This team could have easily been 2-0 and in the last two weeks. That heartbreaking loss at Tennessee in overtime. The Texans did a lot of great things. I hope they can build on it and keep that offense clicking. Hope the defense can uh, hold Aaron Rodgers and company in check. We'll find out soon enough. And, of course, be sure to download the Houston Texans mobile app presented by Kroger. You can get live in-game updates. I'm usually writing stories. Um, I do a pregame show from the stadium with Drew Doherty. We check in with Mark Vandermeer. We answer fan questions. That's Texans Unlimited presented by Verizon. We've got that on the mobile app. You can also catch that on YouTube, on Twitter, Facebook, um, pretty, much, pretty much anywhere. And, uh, you know, Game Day Central on HoustonTexans.com uh, presented by Academy. That will get you... Everything that you need to know about the Texans, exclusive game day content, nowhere else except for HoustonTexans.com. All right, that's my shameless plug for the website. You know, I write for it every single day, so of course I want you to check it out. Thank you so much for checking out this podcast presented by Xfinity. Thank you so much for all you out there that, uh, you know, are staying safe. Continue to stay safe, and uh, let's uh, 
Let's get a win on Sunday, huh? What do you what do you say? Let's do it. All right. That's going to do it for this week's podcast. Go Texans.